Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Overseas territory leaders meet at climate conference. U.S. government donates ultra-cold freezer to CARFA. Some 500,000 vaccines to arrive in Jamaica this week. Puerto Rico access to supplemental security income positive for local economy. And UNICEF reports gangs in Haiti are targeting schools and students. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, November 3rd. We start our report today with a look at the Climate Change Conference in Glasgow, Scotland. The Cayman Compass reports that the Cayman Island Premier, Wayne Patton, has joined delegates from five fellow UK overseas territories at the COP26 Climate Change Conference in Glasgow, Scotland. Others in attendance as a part of the Overseas Territory Delegation at the COP26 conference are British Virgin Islands Minister of Natural Resources, Labor and Immigration, Vincent Whitley, Anguilla Parliamentary Secretary, Quinesha Gums-Marie, Bermuda Deputy Premier, Walter Roban, Turks and Caicos Tourism Minister, Josephine Conley, and Tristan Dachuna, Environmental and Conservation Policy Officer, Stephanie Martin. The Oversea Territory Group will host its own event at the conference on Saturday, November 6, which is Nature and Land Use Day. This event, titled Our Vision for Healthy Oceans, will include discussions on the roles of oversea territories in helping to counter and mitigate global warming effects and protecting marine environments that are the lifeblood of many of the island jurisdictions. The delegation also also has additional meetings scheduled in London on November 8. Panton said the impact of the climate change is frightening, especially for small island states like ours. Our voices need to be heard loud and clear, and I intend to add mine to those of our regional colleagues who share the same vulnerabilities and concerns. The summit kicked off on Monday with an urgent call for action by Prime Minister Johnson, who likened climate change to a doomsday device. Humanity has long since run down the clock on climate change. It is one minute to midnight on the doomsday clock, and we need to act now. The Caribbean Public Health Agency, CARFA, received an ultra-coal freezer from the United States Embassy in Port of Spain, which is part of a donation which includes laboratory supplies, laboratory coats, and scrubs. The U.S. Charge des Affaires, Chante Moore, made the donation valued at $45,065 to CARFA. The handover took place at CARFA's headquarters in Port of Spain, Trinidad. On hand to receive the donations were Dr. Lisa Indar, Director of Surveillance, Disease Prevention and Control Prevention, and Dr. Mark Sammy, Director of Corporate Services. CARFA's Executive Director, Dr. Joyce St. John, joined the handover event remotely. The donation will augment CARFA's stock of consumable supplies, which are used for testing samples received from member states. Supplies include 
personal protective equipment for laboratory staff to collect, transport, and process samples safely. Dr. St. John said CARFA is very appreciative of this generous donation, which we will use to good effect in our lab for our work with our 26 member states. We enjoy the working relationship with the U.S. government and CDC, which has been very strategic in the COVID-19 response. The Ultra Cold Freezer is very much appreciated. The USC capacity will be used to store samples, especially those for gene sequencing COVID-19 positive cases, and will act as a repository for the other important specimens, Dr. Lisa Indar said. In his remarks, Charge the Affairs Moore said, the Caribbean Region Office of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, made this donation in support of CARFER's wider COVID-19 vaccine implementation plan for member states as we try to end this pandemic. We are working together with our Caribbean public health partners to end this pandemic and to save lives. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's supply of COVID-19 vaccines will increase by over half a million doses over the next few days. This comes as some 369,000 doses of AstraZeneca arrived on the island on Monday, November 1st at the Norman Manley International Airport in Kingston. These vaccines are a gift from the government and people of Canada. Another 204,000 doses of Pfizer is also expected to arrive in the country today, November 3rd. These vaccines, as previously announced, will be used to inoculate members of the population who are awaiting their second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. The balance will be prioritized for children 12 to 17 years of age. In the meantime, the country has had to discard another 185,000 doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine that expired on Sunday, October 31st. The Weekly Journal reports that the possibility of Puerto Rico having access to supplementary security income SSI benefits as of 2024 is positive for the island's economy and would help reduce the number of people who are living in poverty. According to economist Jose Caraballo, the SSI program will help the neediest sector. It seems to me that it is good news because the SSI would reduce the poverty rate in Puerto Rico by seven percentage points, he said. The program is for poor older adults, poor disabled people, and poor children. As the stipend is much greater than the Nutritional Assistance Program, PAN benefits, it would take many people who are now close to the poverty level and move them above the poverty level. They are populations that need it, Caraballo said. For The Economist, another positive aspect of President Biden's budget blueprint and social agenda framework under the Build Back Better Act, which is now being debated by U.S. lawmakers, it is employment credit in the manufacturing sector. Although it is true that it will not generate a return of manufacturing, as we saw with Section 936, 
It does help so that the industries here in Puerto Rico do not continue to leave. This helps preserve Puerto Rico's industrial base, which are jobs that do not compete with other jobs in the local sector, he explained. Caraballo pointed out that Biden's framework on social welfare issues, which includes permanent funding for Medicaid in U.S. territories, including Puerto Rico, came just as the island is preparing for the approval of the government's plan of adjustment in federal court. The assignment to Medicaid gives us relief because the money that we are going to use for the debt would come from the contributors we are now making for Misalud. They are funds that come in to replace that and can be used to pay off debt. That alleviates a bit of the threat of a second default, he said. Biden's Build Back Better Act must pass the U.S. House of Representatives and U.S. Senate before it can be signed by the president. The Associated Press reports that UNICEF is warning that schools in Haiti are increasingly at the mercy of gangs with children becoming targets of robbery and ransom. The agency said that at least seven schools in the capital of Port-au-Prince have been forced to pay unidentified gangs in exchange for security in the past two months and that additional institutions have been threatened. More and more fare at schools mean less and less learning, UNICEF said. Gangs are rapidly turning temples of knowledge into theaters of violence. The warning came a few days after authorities said gang members killed a university professor they had recently abducted. In addition, the United States and Haitian authorities are still trying to secure the release of 17 missionaries from a U.S. religious organization who were kidnapped on October 16th near the capital. The Jamaican Gleaner reports that Jamaica's tourism minister, Edmund Barlett, has announced that plans are on the way to boost connectivity between the Middle East and the Caribbean, with Saudi Airlines set to expand flights to Jamaica by summer of 2022. This announcement follows Minister Bartlett's recent travels to Dubai in the United Arab Emirates and Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, to explore investment opportunities and boost tourism travel to Jamaica with a focus on non-traditional markets. The last two weeks have been very eventful for us trying to carve out the new markets in the Middle East that will give us the connectivity to Africa, Asia, and Asia Minor. The discussions with Saudi Airlines are well advanced, and we've had an understanding that there is an ambition for engagement by summer 2022, the tourism minister said. The details for the arrangement are being worked out with Saudi and another carrier that will make the possibility for connectivity easier and more seamless in the short run. So we're very excited about seeing the Middle Eastern Gateway opening to Jamaica, he added. Bartlett noted that the broader strategy is to have Jamaica become the hub for connectivity from the Middle East through the Caribbean, Central America, South America, and 
areas of North America. This will position Jamaica as being essential to air connectivity between the East and West. We are very confident that we will see results from this in the short order, as both airlines that we have spoken to have shown a strong appetite for the Caribbean, and more so Latin America, he said. Now Grenada reports that on Sunday, October 31st, Grenada welcomed the return of air service from Canada for the first time in a year. To stimulate the demand for the twice-weekly flights from Toronto on Sundays and Wednesdays, the Grenada Tourism Authority has embarked on an aggressive marketing campaign employing traditional digital and social media tactics in the Canadian market with Air Canada and Travel Syndicate's travel brands. The Air Canada campaign will include, but is not limited to, digital activations on their Facebook page and the weather network, as well as a credit of 5,000 aeroplan miles for each passenger booking the destination during the three-week campaign. Grenada's Tourism Authority CEO Petra Roach commented, Canadians are eager to travel and we anticipate that there will be a surge in international trips during the winter period. Period, particularly to warm weather destinations. We therefore need to be visible in the marketplace to take advantage of this pent-up demand and position Grenada as the ideal destination for Canadians seeking an escape from frigid temperatures to holiday in an authentic destination. Travel Pulse reports that Frontier Airlines launched new trice weekly services to Puerto Rico Luis Munoz Marine International Airport from Jacksonville International Airport in Jacksonville, Florida on November 1st, according to Discover Puerto Rico officials. The new departures coincide with the island's peak travel season and augments Frontier's flights to Puerto Rico from Chicago O'Hare's International Airport, Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport, New Jersey's Newark Liberty International Airport, Philadelphia International Airport, Miami International Airport, Orlando International Airport, and Raleigh-Durham International Airport. And finally, 721 News reports that Viking Ocean Cruises cruise ship Viking Orion arrived in to St. Martin on Saturday morning, making the return of another cruise line to the destination. A small pierside reception took place to officially welcome Viking Orion, followed by the traditional inaugural call plaque exchange. Viking Cruises is considered the leader in river and small ship ocean cruising. All offers destinations-focused itineraries designed for experienced travelers who have an interest in geography, culture, and history. Viking currently operates a fleet of more than 70 vessels offering scenic cruises along rivers and oceans of the Americas, Europe, Russia, Egypt, China, and Southeast Asia. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, November 3rd. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.